0: Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frazier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at season three, episode 15? F- 15. 15. 15, yeah. Words of the Wise Guy, in which Frazier becomes embroiled in the marital woes of one Jerome Belasco, who may or may not be mobbed up. Now, Key, your question's are simple on this week, and I think you'll like it. What's your favourite gangster film? Does Bugsy Malone count as a gangster film? I mean, it film, does, uh, but <laughs> you? we've already discussed Bugsy at length on the podcast. <laughs> throw throw a different piece of bait to the listeners, Kit. Okay. Oh, I I feel like I've not seen as many gangster films as I should have seen. I always want to see The Godfather, but never have actually got around to watching oh, it. Oh, you've got to watch that. And I've always wanted to watch Scarface, and again, never gotten <sighs> around to watching it you're just naming all my faves i mean and this is a question that changes for me every 10 seconds they're the only two gangster films i can think of off the top of my head like, have proper. you seen Goodfellas? again another one that i want to watch but i've never watched it good is probably my favorite um, it? it's exceptionally well made i mean scorsese gets a reference in this film in this episode which is pretty sick um scarface is great it's like horrendously violent so if you're into that it's like the way to go Um, The Godfather just classics Um, but yeah just a huge I'm a big gangster film fan I think Um, I think I'm quite an impressionable person you, so want, I, you want to join that life <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd go in to work the following day just like talking like i'm from a gangster film you have know, a fedora on, you just be like knocking people out the way and you know, <laughs> <laughs> have a meeting with a client you don't like and you're like i'm gonna get rid of them i'm gonna, they're gonna <laughs> sleep with the fishes um but yeah no you've got to watch some of those classics you really do um i would love to know from listeners what their favorite gangster film is i actually i wrote really briefly um a few years ago like a a brief guide to the pro- to prohibition in film um, for like a film magazine. And that covered like the untouchables with Kevin Costner and Sean Connery and stuff. Um, what else was on there? miller's crossing coen brothers film so i mean i'm just naming gangster films i've now. seen we're the millers if that that's any help that doesn't help i know the <laughs> film you mean. is that the one got jason sudeikis in yeah, it yeah is it that me. any good it's all right actually it's, yeah it's got the guy i never know his name but he's got like quite noticeable With eyebrows will Polter. will, will Polson yeah, yeah yeah um weirdly i was thinking of you recently because i'm part of like no outside of the the uh, the podcast in the work I'm doing um I'm editing like a series of people of writing articles on TV shows and someone's writing something on Ted Lasso um and like oh. good spirit and you know kind of just the idea of like Positive energy in, a, in an era where there's not much of it on TV. Um, and I was just thinking of yourself yeah. there. So, a little shout out for Ted Lasso. Um, shall we hop in a trivia corner this week? Eh? Let's do it, mate. Let's. I meant to say tuck in, but now I hop in. <laughs> it's out of my hands. Um, okay, we've been sent the usual questions by our lovely quiz masters. So, let me begin for you, Keith, okay, with Cam Winston this week. Why are poi ramekins mentioned by Frazier called... Poi ramekins. Uh, when you think he, he, the context he's... is Niles wants them for a luau, you know, sarcastically, maybe that will help in some way. Is it mentioned in the episode? Is it? No, he just no, no. Okay, okay. So this is kind of you need to kind of like draw dots together here. This is a tough question. This is he's not holding any prisoners, old Cam Winston. Oh, yeah. Okay. What well, what are they? Poi ramekins. Poi spout. So you say "poi" and I think "koi," mm. like the fish. Yes. So, shoes you should use mm. when fishing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Their shoes. I, don't, I you don't know what they are anymore. Don't know what a ramekin is. <laughs> it's like a little. It's like a little ceramic dish. That you might put like a creme brulee in. <laughs> shoes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, only design you... labels. I thought Poi Ramekin was a label. If you put them on your feet, you're going to be in for a world of pain when they <laughs> inevitably break. Um, no, they are named after the Polynesian food Poi. Polynesian, Luau, Hawaii. That's what I was trying to tease you out there. Derived from the Kalo plant. Um, a very hard question <laughs> this week, um, but love it. Love love Hamish <laughs> using his, uh, his brain there to think outside the box. Question 2, Key. What entitlement allows Maris to have a handicapped parking space? Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's is it some kind know. of allergy I feel. Is I'm it? A... Yes, it is. Oh, you need more detail than that. It's, yeah, specifically to something. I mean, I, I remember this as well. Why do I never get the ones that I can? Oh, so... it's, um, oh, um, chocolate, chocolate allergy. Chocolate, there it is. There oh. it is. He's back, baby. Oh,
1: Jerome
0: mentions three infringements on Maris's arrest charge sheet. What are they? I believe this is when he's considering it. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, your wife sounds like a very carefree woman. Oh, okay. she's a barrel of labs or whatever he says. Speeding. Yes. Reckless endangerment. God, I think. Yeah. And ignoring a summons, I think. Wow, effin' played there, Mister Lee. That is good, freaking stuff. Okay, trivia from Run for Your Life. Name the locations/slash occasions associated with each photograph Jerome shares with everyone. I think I know. Okay, so yeah. one when they met at the dog track. Yeah. Two, their first Sinatra concert. Yeah. Because we're leaning into the stereotypes here. Yeah, we are. And thirdly, the death of a, busy- the funeral of a business associate of a business associate I, yeah. I'd, have, I'd have quite liked if there would have been more and it would have been another funeral uh another that, funeral business, like, that would have been good carried and on she is at sinatra's funeral <laughs> no i mean <laughs> he, he hadn't died at that point i don't think um oh yeah i hadn't put two and two together with the sinatra thing but that just obviously makes perfect sense he was always like mobbed up yeah. um which is kind of awesome in its own way i just think like he he was just like I don't know. He had, his, he had his fingers in a lot of pies, Sinatra, you know. I don't imagine he had too many enemies, but a lot of friends. Um, so, <laughs> there you go. Trivia, finally, for this little batch from Hot House Orchid. How many favours has Jerome had to call in, in order to get Brandy jobs? To get her, specifically to get her jobs? Yeah. Well, um... Oh, I, I think this might be a question you were, were going to ask me, so, um, apologies. Uh, so, you can just asked me two of yours. Okay, so um, we I think we find out that she's had fourteen jobs. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Then she gets one from Niles at the end, which makes fifteen. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that the answer is fifteen, and we're not counting the fra- the favor that he called him from Frasier, which was not job related. It was just to get him her to marry him. It's fifteen. Okay. 15. Well, freaking 15. played. Well played. And I apologise for dumping all. Of- I'm, I'm glad it's you this week, and not <laughs> hot house orchid or run for your life. If zombies. I can try and think of another question whilst we're doing this. I okay. Will. Okay. I can. I can buy you some time. Um. Do you want to ask me your two now, or do you want me to ask <laughs> you? MKs um, and you can think on can you can you ask MKs now and I'll, while we're doing this I'll try and cut with the third question at the same time. I'll tell you what I'll just I can just give you like two minutes of silence you know I can edit oh, no, it it it's okay down. I like the pressure mate I okay do. okay right Where is MK <laughs> <laughs> let me find him here he is here he is. And we've also got Missy Elliott and Niall Crane as well. So MK Numero uno. We see Jerome drink two drinks during the episode. What yes. are they?
1: I I, I remember
0: these. The first one, I think, because it's in that like weird little cup that you have like an espresso in. So I think it's an espresso. Yes, it is an espresso. And the second one, he originally wanted like a a decaf latte, but he changed it to a full fat mocha with. Wait, no, no. That's Frasier, isn't it? That's Frasier. I was wondering where you were going there. Yeah, so I was going completely. Okay, (laughs) so drinks. So. Jerome, oh. Oh, it's that stuff. It's, oh, what, I, I forget that, it. He has that, warm milk. That stuff. But there used to be a name for warm milk, and I used to take the mick out of everyone older than first. Really? Are you th- th- are you th- you're not thinking of Horlicks, are you? Horlicks! Horlicks, is, Horlicks! Horlicks is like a malt drink. It's not milk. <laughs> I thought it was milk. No, was you, warm milk. I think you can put milk in it, but it's like a malt powder. Um... I've never oh, had it, but I've been making a lot of bad jokes. <laughs> but no, it is. He has a hot milk, um, which I'm going to ask your opinion on later in the review. But that's a little teaser for listeners. Uh, real, it's all happening, and we're listening. So... <laughs> uh, what <laughs> article of clothing does Niall say he wants to wear in order to impress Maris? Oh, wow, is it a... I didn't remember this. Is it like a dad's plimsolls or a dad's shoes, something the, like that? The Commodores plimsolls, yeah, which yeah. I'm I'm going to accept. So wow. I do not remember any of these. I watched this very late last night, and I, you know, I had had a whiskey or two. So, I mean, it, and this, is, this is why I say this every week. I just, I sound like I've got a problem. Um, Fraser orders two drinks during the episode. What are they? Just going, we're going back to Fraser now. Are they just the drinks I've just named, by mistake? Um, I think is, they are. They are. the first, you know, like, a, de- a decaf latte? Non-fat decaf latte to start, and, but he changes. And second, I think it's a, is it a full-fat mocha with... Like whipped cream and a slice of bacon. Which sounds vile, but yes. Abs- okay, on. You, you, you've done a real for a, number. For a man week. who literally just orders tea, I'm, I'm doing really well of remembering these I orders. guess I'll make my own tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm crying. <laughs> Jerome is played by actor Harris Yulin. During the course of the episode, Frasier tells Niles he doesn't want things turning into a Martin Scorsese film. Can you name the actual Scorsese film Harris Eulin appeared in? Oh, I love oh. this. Okay, is it a film? That we on, already uh, named. Okay, um, I hate to do this to Niall Crane. Oh, you're, you're you're second guessing this, aren't no, you? No, it it, it, it it he didn't direct the film. That he that the answer is. Um, I hate to do this to you, Niall Crane, because I love the question. But the answer I've got here is Scarface, which is Brian De Palma. Um, not I not, have got it. I was it. gonna guess with Goodfellas. We've mentioned Scarface already, actually. Um. But yeah, unfortunately, that is—it's not a Scorsese film, but it is a fantastic film that I recommend everyone watch. Say um, hello to my little friend, isn't it? They, there you, go. There you I, go. Did you ever play Grand Theft Auto Vice City back in the day? Oh, I did not know. Oh, one of the best. But I—I I feel, was Scorsese. there a Scarface game? Because no, I, yeah, 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 the world is yours. I think I remember my nan Starface. playing it. Oh my! <laughs> I remember your nan playing games. Like, why is she so awesome? Like honestly, I remember that. That's yeah. nuts. <laughs> But Voice City was like, it riffed on a lot of films like Carlito's Way, Scarface. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Um, finally, Key, Missy Elliott, where was Randy calling from? Randy, in quote mark, in bold quotations. Beach. You are one hell of a quiz, Key. Just a round of applause there. Thank you, everyone who wrote in this week. Um, I do want to apologize again to Noel Crane because I do hate to say people are wrong on air because it makes me look like a pedant. Um, <laughs> but I didn't want to lead you down a path where you 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 couldn't answer it. Um, but yeah, um, there you go. Okay, questions? Do you want to see things to a close? Okay. Question number one. Yeah, lying on there. What is the name of the caller in this episode? Obviously not including Brandy. Oh, God, the name of the caller. Yeah. Is this like near the beginning? Uh, I think it's literally just before Brandy calls. Oh God! It's about weight loss. called oh, or I mean, I suppose possibly weight gain, but probably weight loss. Oh sugar, may this is going to be a dreadful, dreadful week. I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a sinking feeling in my stomach. Can you give me an, an initial, place, okay? go? <laughs> Can I have a please? Can I have a Um, I believe it starts with S. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for Sarah. I think it's Steve. Ah, but I guess it's going to be Stanley, which uh, which is close. You name beginning with S, and that's what you were given. So. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Um, I think he, he talks about weight loss and how you got a relationship with food, not just binging and starving. I'm uh, worrying about getting into that evening gown, and he goes, "Do you understand?" And a bloke yeah, goes, "Yeah, <laughs> that was it." Oh. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, and Ross just looks so bemused. No, I do. I do remember that. Okay, question number two, instead of the jobs question. Yeah. Okay. Um. According to Brandy, what has lasted longer than sex with uh, Jerome? The vaccination. <laughs> I thought it was topical. I, thought... I think it is topical. That is an that is a withering. Um. <laughs> pretty harsh. That is it? a really withering insult to lie at someone, <laughs> especially on air. Um. God. That that I feel for Jerome here because he's clearly a masculine man, but clearly yeah. not in the. The parts that matter to to Brandy, So, um, yeah, there you go. Okay, third question. To see things to a close. Which two wealthy white women were unfairly oh. treated by the law? Not I'm including Maris. I know the scene, but there is not a chance on earth I'm going to remember their names. I remember Frazier saying, you know, they epitomized, you know, whatever. Like, he makes a little quip after it. I, I do not know. Because I was going to Google them and didn't. Okay, um, so I think it's Zaza Gabor. Zaza Gabor. And the other one, I had to I had to Google this one. I wasn't sure of her. Um, Leona Hemsley. Or Leona Hemsley. Hems- so Zaza Gabor was a... Yeah. Without without looking, I'll give you an extra point. And you can tell me how many times she was married. Zaza, that's Zaza Gabor. The, that's the only thing I knew about it was how many times she was married. I'm going to... Because I remember my nan telling me as a kid. I'm going to guess four times. I think it was nine. Oh my god. Oh think... my god. I'm just looking at her Wikipedia page. I think she got married about nine times, yeah. Holy hell. So is that what she's famous for? I think she's like a socialite actress. Um, yeah, that sort of age of Hollywood, I think uh but she got married quite a lot i think the last paragraph of her wikipedia says men have always liked me and i've always liked men but i like mannish i like a mannish man a man who knows how to talk to and treat a woman not just a man with muscles there you go kate sounds like it's calling to me and you hey so- i was going to say that seems like i'm out just the muscles <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> um but yeah excellent thank you everyone who wrote in this week with your trivia really appreciated and thank you kate for thinking of another one on the fly there um Jumping into the review animation watch. Was there any animation? No there, there was. <laughs> no, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. A few minutes. Let's move on. Uh Martin's on a stake out here, but he's fallen asleep. How has Daphne not noticed he's asleep? He is loudly snoring, which apparently <laughs> is only audible if you move 30 centimetres closer. And and she's just sitting there going, Wow, he's a master of disguise. He's he's brilliant at it. Is he right here. He? I can see why he was such a good detective for so many years. It's just I mean, I like the gag, but I just think I just think, come on. Come on, you've been staring at him for like, you can tell by looking at someone when they're asleep, even yeah. if they can't see their eyes. Like, it's the breathing. Um, yeah, and, and the, literally the way their body goes, you can tell when someone's relaxed enough that they're actually asleep. Joe, you know I love when people are next to you. Like, this happened to be on like a plane and stuff when people are falling asleep and their head's doing that. Like, yeah, what's that all about? It's Cause... so weird. Um, yeah. I think it's just literally like, it's when the head doesn't have support, but like mm. the body obviously is doing everything it can to keep you asleep. But I don't understand why he does it. It's Honestly, my cousin, my cousin did it once on a fight. It was like he was possessed. I, I, I would sit next to someone on a bus on a school trip and now fall asleep and never doing that. I've and definitely I... done it on a... It might even have been me. It... I've done that video. I also did on the trip. trip. It was quite a long bus journey. I, I fell asleep on the same trip and I woke up with the teacher staring at me like I was a monster. I <laughs> mean, like mid because I, like, I woke up and I was aware that my head was moving. When I woke up, I was like, what is going on here? Like, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I used to get like the bus to and from school for me was like an hour. And like when I was, when I got the bus home after a particularly tiring day and the sun was beating on me through the window of the bus. Oh, it was just the nicest nap I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I fell asleep nine times out of ten on that I bus. I mean, right for the now. first like three years of our secondary education, we got the same bus, and I don't remember you falling asleep a single time. Like you no, this was when I was an old man in like year eleven, twelve, oh. thirteen. <laughs> so that's when I had to move to the bad bus. It was it was so loud. Yeah, and why did you move buses? They changed like the line, like so that because I lived in a. T- in basically the same... I lived, in, I lived in the same town as half the people on your bus. Yeah, you did. But because I was slightly down the road a little bit, I got put on the bad bus. It was yeah. a disgrace. Do, I, do I know anyone that was on your bus? Uh, Cal was the only one who... Um, it was just me and Cal. And then wow. all horrible, also- like, very loud children... Oh my god. So and weird. on a Friday, but... Cal would get a lift home and it'd be just me and it was it was a tough ride. Oh point. my God. I've got like no memory of that. That's so weird. Um, but there you go. That's falling asleep on public so, transport. And and Cal and Carl and I would the only we only talked to each other and we blanked everyone else. And everyone else in the bus was convinced Cal and I were in a relationship because (laughs) we just walk on, sit next to each other, talk to each other and ignore everyone else. Share an iPod headphone, perhaps. (laughs) I think we actually did. Listening to Jason Mraz. (laughs) Uh, um, There's a nice Jimmy Hoffa reference here, which I really liked because it's just setting up the the episode for like it's going to be about the mob and stuff like that. That's just a smart little flourish in the writing that you just... That gag could have literally been in any episode, but it just fits in nicely here. Um, Hoffer famously getting a big due in the Irishman recently, a Scorsese field, don't know if you've seen that. It's like three and a half hours long. Um, but Al Pacino plays him. It's good stuff. Um, did you notice it was raining outside? I did not actually It was know. raining on the balcony. I was big vibes here. I saw a bit of rain. I thought, hmm, gonna make a note of that. Gonna tell Key, see if he saw. Um, you're staring intently at your notes I, there. Oh, no. I'm, I've just got the script in front of me and I've realized that um, Niles, in this scene, is when he comes in and he talks about how um, Maris saw a pair of uh, Faragamo pumps. Yes, and I'm realizing that's why I thought that thing was shoes. Uh, I did did think at the time that's what you were thinking of because I that what he says there. I don't know what he says. I didn't know what the word was. I didn't pick up on Faragamo. You were saying like "poor." I thought oh that must be the word I missed, and it's like these pumps, and that that explains why I thought it was a shoe. (laughs) That makes well, it's still hilarious Um, (laughs) in the best possible way. Um, But no, you are completely acquitted there, Kate. I put what has Maris cited here. What I on earth? Is, it. What does that note mean? What? I, why is most of this podcast spent deciphering my <laughs> inane note taking? What? Um, has, wait, wait. What is it? It says what has Maris cited? Yeah, I uh, cited's clearly not right. Maybe I meant to put started or. Um, I've got no idea. I've got um, no idea. And right. I was I was sober when I watched this episode. I, Are God, you sure? I'm is, positive. It is, honestly, I'm positive. Like um, now Niles, this is not his first kind of moment in this episode where he becomes very am dram. You know, hint hint, wink wink. Um, <laughs> yes. yeah, trying to on the wrong side of Larry Law. <laughs> turn on the air conditioning, and um, so he's basically <laughs> trying to get Martin to to lean on on his police buddies and and get Maris out of this. Um. One, I'm glad Martin doesn't do that. Um, and I weirdly, and I don't know if you disagree here, I weirdly am surprised that he has such strong ethics because Martin really stands out to me as someone who definitely bent the law when he was on the police force. Um, or Not do you enough. do you completely dis- disagree there? I feel there was another point up to this stage where he was quite clear, like, you know, that's the law, you've got to follow it. Is what it is. I know. But um, I I just think like he you like know, travels with Martin when he's like flashing the badge and he's lying about Eddie and yeah, that's true. He did, yeah. But I mean, but um, that, that, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus there because I literally hadn't even had that example in my head until it just it literally just came in. I don't know. There's just there's just something about Martin that he, he I don't know. Frazier has to get his ethics from somewhere. So maybe that maybe we are meant to believe he does have strict ethics. But I just feel like Martin would be if it was Niles or Frazier. He would do it. Um, and like that, that famous bit where he says about lying under oath about that guy, you know, to get that guy into prison when he, you know, yeah. he, when he knew it was the wrong, the right thing to do, but not the legal thing to do or something. Um, yeah. I, mean, I suppose on the, on the flips, I mean, I'd say that he is willing to, I mean, it goes against the example you've just given, really. I think he he he's shown up to this point that he's willing to perhaps bend the law slightly in the sense that, you know, he was willing to. Like with with um, travels with Martin, he didn't technically lie because he didn't say, um, "Oh no, Daphne, she's from America." They never actually technically said it; they just got us to do an American accent. Mm. And he was telling the truth that the dog hadn't been properly checked and the papers all sorted out for the dog. That is so true. He didn't technically lie; he just omitted the truth. Mm. And they technically, I was told you would say they misled him, but. Um, it wasn't really. He didn't lie. For a like say. a true solicitor. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think they misled more than <laughs> they lied. Honestly, um, if I ever go down for a crime I didn't commit, can you please represent me? In court? <laughs> I feel so safe. <laughs> um, um, and I'm no, just thinking, yeah. like similarly, um, you know, in of well, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, in in the Crucible, he doesn't pull out all the stops to get. The art guy done. No, in fact, um, he like just pranks Fraser, doesn't he? Yeah, really? he's like, well, you know, you know, that's that's the system. You have got to just, you know, accept it's not perfect. Yeah. So I think that to an extent, and I think as well in this instance, it's not something that's particularly serious. Like she's not, I imagine, looking at court time. Just fine. Like yeah, she's she not looking afford- at jail time. Um, you know, um that's why it's so weird to me because she can clearly afford all of these fines. So why is Nar desperate? Oh, I guess because he, yeah. he wants that offering of you know, Yeah. And I but... think from her perspective, it would be one, a reputational thing, is that she mm-hmm. doesn't want a record. Um, and secondly, if she's on I, I, I suppose we don't know if that she if she's a trustee or if she's on any boards or anything like that. Um it would be it, a blemish. It may be that she couldn't do that with a, a record. Um that's true, that's true. So That's probably why she's panicking. But I suppose from Martin's perspective, with everything that he's seen and done, um, it's probably a bit Mickey Mouse to him. I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, we get the brilliant line from Niles: "Wealthy white women just can't get a fair shake." Um, <laughs> and I just, I'd like this line because we've talked about this before. But there's, there's a few references throughout the show, like how white the world of Frasier is, and it is a show for white people. Um, you know, not to say it's not enjoyed by people who aren't white, but I mean, that is its intended demographic. I mean, you'd, you'd I think you'd be a fool to say otherwise. But like, I like these moments of kind of self reflexivity where the show's just like, you know. We've got a lot of white, wealthy people here. Let's send them up a little bit. Um, So I I really liked that line. It always gets a good laugh from me. Um, We mentioned this last week about security at KACL. Niles is just there again. As soon as the show ends, he's in. Um, He doesn't (laughs) even wait for Frazier to give him the OK. Like, he has no idea the the etiquette of a radio station. Like, maybe you need to wait for the ads to finish. Maybe he's still on air. Niles just goes in. So, uh, Jamaica this. I mean... I, I, I think perhaps Niles knows the etiquette simply because he's broken in so many times before at this stage. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> holding now. some kind of possession or tickets or things. Now he's just like coming in for a chat. Uh <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's just, there's no pretense anymore. Um there's some really good sparring between him and Ross at this point. Um, like when he's kind of like feigning, like, oh Zing got me again. Or um, like no. I just like them having a bit of back and forth. I also find it a little bit weird in this in this scene that um, Roz has... Her friend Phil had a traffic violation and went yeah. to Jerome. Jerome Alaskan. Yeah, she has all of Jerome's details in her little book. What? How, are we to believe that Roz has enjoyed a night of passion with Jerome? I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I, mean, I know Jerome said he hasn't cheated on Brandy, but... Uh, I mean Ross really. is Ross. Ross yeah. is Ross. But she wouldn't stand for slow vaccination. So <laughs> well, I feel like yeah, the build um we'd have heard about it if she had <laughs> from her withering critique. I think so. I think so. Um it's a bit interesting that she has his number so readily. Um almost as if she herself has used his services from time to time. A referenced reference a fairy godfather, but don't don't call him that. That doesn't get much of a laugh from the laugh track when it's like a really Clever pun because it's like it's god the godfather, like you know. I just I think that the, the it's just nice. I like that pun. It's, it's I, a really clever line. It doesn't actually, get its view by the audience, I don't think. Yeah, very godmother with the ordinary phrase, godfather works so well just for the fact that he's male and you've got the godfather reference exactly it's, it's very well on. done. Couple of levels here. Um, we have the Martin Scorsese reference from Fraser here, which I really have always missed this. I had no idea. He was ever mentioned in in the world of Fraser, so I got quite enjoyed hearing this. Got a kick out of that. Um, And Frasier does acquiesce now and finally gives the number back over to to Niles to let him ring him. I mean, whose side are you on here? Like, do you think Fraser's right to give Nars the number back, or I think no. you've got to let him have the number in the sense that it's his decision to make. I think it's yeah, I agree about that, and it's his mistake to make. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if it was my brother, it, I'd probably have argued more strenuously against it. In the first instance and said this is a stupid idea what are you doing yeah i mean this woman stole from the Vatican. i mean (laughs) a a speeding ticket isn't the worst of her problems no she's got bigger fish to fry but Um, he wants to he wants to step into the commodore's plimsoles. so he does uh, this is by the way that's where that comes from is is this bit here where if he can step into his I, i think that's a bit weird you're like if i can show that i'm her like i can replace her father respect, but like, it is very Freudian um, <laughs> to to you know to go in the show's world there a little bit. But um, it is it does make me uncomfortable a little bit. Um, Why is he called the Commodore? I don't know. Oh, I feel... Some kind of rank in, in 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 some kind of military thing or. I don't oh, know. that makes far more sense Commodore, me, it's a naval rank Oh, well, I went with a whole far, far more Sordid angle Would you like to tell us? I, I assume that that's what Mauris's mother used to call him in the bedroom Oh my oh. god <laughs> That is Freudian was... That's extraordinary <laughs> Um, I, Yeah, I mean Let's just move on <laughs> um, They're outside at Nervosa now Which is really nice um, Right, but uh, okay, gone... you're you're gonna say what I'm gonna say. It's go. gone midnight. What time's Novosa open? Up? Why is it open? Why are <laughs> there people in there? People are <laughs> having coffee through the window. Who's sitting there, digging? Can't sleep. I know what'll help. An espresso. I'm gonna pop down I just this doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know what the writers were thinking here. I mean, maybe Americans can enlighten us. There are going to be cafes that are open. You know, all night diners exist. Novosa is not one of them. Uh, it's not that kind of place. Um, I just find this extremely, extremely hard to believe. And why would they need to meet him at midnight as well? Like Seattle is a is a thriving city, but it's not New York. It's not like the city that never sleeps. I just don't get the impression this would ever happen. So it's just really weird that it's open so late. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Maybe people can enlighten us. I, I like it. I, I, the idea of like meeting a friend at a cafe at midnight when you've got nothing to do and you're not tired and just shoot the breeze with no one around.
1: Well, I sounded
0: more like someone in their early 20s, and I sound like someone in my mid 20s. So I'm like, who's not tired at midnight? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm still tired, but I, mean, <laughs> I push through. Um, Joe, you know I'd love I remember reading a news story recently about just the two friends, similar to our age. And they just like, they live in London and every Sunday they just walk down and play a game of chess by the Thames. And I, nice. I play chess against our, our mutual friend, uh, Cleggorne, quite a lot. Um, that's his surname, not his first <laughs> name. Cleggs, as we call him. Um, and I play chess against him a lot. And I'm just We just say, that's the dream, mate. Let's move to London. We can just play chess all we want. No cares in the world other than massive rent. Uh, yeah, well, why did you come to London? What of the main reasons they had free chess boards? Gonna be oh, no, you, know, you have to provide your own chess board. <laughs> the Thames is free. <laughs> so you just sit by the river. Um, but there you go. Um, Niles spots someone in an Armani overcoat now. And for some uh, yeah, as that's him. him, I doubt it. That overcoat <laughs> is Armani. Armani. <laughs> I would love an Armani overcoat. It's got to be said. And then Fraser's like, oh, yeah, good point, Niles. Where would a criminal have the money to buy that? Um what do you make of Jerome Velasco? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to bias your answer because I've got an opinion. I want to know what you think of him. I, 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 feel that Jerome Velasco is, is meant to be a caricature of what we perceive a gangster to be. Kind of that New Jersey vibe, which I know Hothouse Orchid mentions in one of her letters. I think. But I'm all for it. I'm, I'm happy to go along with it. It doesn't bother me. I'm not looking for realism in this episode. I don't think it's particularly realistic episode in a way. It's not as grounded perhaps as some other episodes. Yeah, it is a bit more kind of like fun. Yeah. And and I'm I'm more than happy to go along with it. And I love the fact that Jerome calls out Niles for being a film buff. I love that. Line. And I just I love oh all of, of Niles's little little afraid like oh yes dames <laughs> why does he say the air conditioning I don't know I've he never say, heard that he doesn't one. say conditioning he's like you're the man to put on the air conditioning <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that at all things are hot 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 <laughs> Um, but yeah I mean I, I've i just put I think he has an amazing presence in this episode yeah, I think he's, he does he's like he's kind of like Kelsey in that he's kind of whenever someone's on this show who's an equal to the main cast there's a real magnetism and energy there that you can really tell um it's just like you know, my my lady and I were having one of those discussions, and Richard is hard to remove himself or whatever he says. Just the way he says lines like that, I just think are brilliant. Yeah, and I love the fact that you would think a criminal, you wouldn't put, you wouldn't think, oh, they're an intellectual or something like that. But I think with Jerome; he has that presence, just the way he, he, I don't know, just the way he speaks and the way he he puts himself across. He comes across as a, a smart guy and. And I, I love the. And also, I, I feel that when he's like later on, when he sat down with Daphne, he doesn't seem that intimidating to me. And then when he stands up and he's got the overcoat on, mm. I'm like, mate, this guy. It's I'm, just the I'm fact he's him. there and he knows where Frasier lives. And I'll, I'll obviously get to that, but like, why are they entertaining him? I just. I, don't I mean know. you're not kicking him out the flat like that's I he, mean, you're keeping him in there. You that? just open the door and you go, who are you? And you go, sorry, I don't know you. He's not in. Bar, you don't say, oh, please come in. <laughs> I don't think he asks the question. I think he like puts his foot in the door if you try and close it and Maybe. Goes, maybe I don't maybe. think. And then he just looks and goes. I don't think you heard my question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um I like Fraser's line it's uh, it's very exhilarating or whatever he says to um to rub shoulders with the demimonde. Um I had to just quickly look at what demimonde means obviously I knew it was French. Um so in 19th century France it was a class of women considered to be of doubtful social standing and morality i.e courtesans and things like that I think but um, more generally a group of people on the fringes of respectable society um, so it's just a really nice word there the demi monde I just this show just makes French so great I just this is why I love French it's it's this. You, you speak French generally. Um, no, but I, I I got really good on Duolingo and got like an eighty day streak. Um, <laughs> okay, and I lost see, like, it. Duolingo lost... doesn't work for me. So upset. Like I learn it all, and then the second someone actually speaks to me in French, I go, huh? I don't. So I need it written down, and I need five options to respond. That's the only way we can have <laughs> this conversation. Is <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, I I would love to speak. French fluently so much it's a language i absolutely love Um, and i really did love dueling at the time and i was flying on it but once you lose that streak it's it's crushing and they try to make you pay 2.99 to get it back because it's like that's how they make money which is fair enough because people would pay it and i did consider it but alas um where am i now um yeah so now we have uh, like um like film buff lines uh the cell phone cell phone vibrating yeah. I don't, I don't love this gag. I'm going to be honest; it seems a bit juvenile to me. It's, it's... juvenile, and it's just—I don't know—were they still called cellular phones in the mid '90s? I guess they were. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, I just maybe just not a cell phone, but like, so he says cellular. Listen, but I just—it's not—it's just not funny for me. Yeah, and Niles know. is not so dumb that he doesn't know that it's his phone vibrating. He's he would not... know it's in there. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's just—it's a strange one for me. Um, oh. I just. It, it, yeah, it's one line I don't really like. But that said, I do like his, his general excitement of sitting there going, oh, he's making the call, he's making the call. Like, I, like, my God. I like that from Niles. Yeah, I I am Niles here. Like, I am someone who obviously does not rub shoulders with a mond. And I think if I was in his in his position, there would be a perverse thrill from it because Jerome is a kind of person who, although clearly has a lot of issues and Fraser and Niles' life is far better, it's very much a case of the grass is green and you think, God, it would be great to be like that powerful or to have that kind of influence or to be able to make those calls um so there is i'd be like niles here. i'd be a bit giddy a little bit of a kid again like you feel a bit bad going back to your you know lily white world i don't know i've I've met one person in my life who was in a proper gang wow he was twice the size of me Really his... like and he was a nice guy. He, he went he went to our school. Well, he didn't go to our school, he came to our school to do a talk about was this John Pridmore? It was John Pridmore. Yeah. I still follow him on Facebook, I think. Yeah, um, I think for anyone interesting, I think his book is called From Gangland to Promised Promise Land. Land. I think yeah. anyone's interested. Yeah. Um, and just for anyone out that basically he was in a gang, he was a, quite a violent chap when he was younger. Wasn't he spread. like the Bloods or something in New York? Wasn't he like a um, massive American gang? Poss- I, I know- seem to remember him telling me like he got like, slashed a woman's face on a subway or something. I did not hear that story. I yeah. he told, I When he the talk he gave at ours, um, he was talking about how he was he was beating a guy up. I think with like a knuckle duster or something like that. And uh, fortunately, I think that the guy survived. But I think it was quite like touch and go. Good um, God! And he had a religious experience and like credit to him, he turned his life around and now he goes to schools talking to kids and things like that and and trying to stop them from joining gangs and you know help them lead better lives and stuff but he is a big guy he's uh, he is, huge like he's very tall he's about he's about six five built like frazier um yeah. bigger than frazier and um, i I, oh I was boy. pretty small at like 13 and i remember like he as he, walk, he was walking out he was i think he gave us like some rosary beads or something like that or yeah, he gave us he gave us something and he just said god bless you i was like yeah you, you did. <laughs> I i've just I'm just, I don't want to make light of what he did, I'm just laughing at the fact that he was talking about all these things to a bunch of lads that played like Grand Theft Auto daily, and they're probably sitting there thinking, God, that's awesome! <laughs> a knuckle, dusty. yeah. Um, which obviously is not how I reacts now. Um, but I just think, I don't know, it's weird that a, the school would let him kind of have such free license in describing his. You know his past violences because it was pretty heavy. I mean, I can't kind have of invented that slashing a woman's face thing because that's so graphic. But I seem to recall he, oh. he was like on a subway and like to initiate himself into the gang. They said he had to just got this random woman and, and just attack her. Um, but I can't remember if he did it or not, or whether I'm I'm I've read a different testimony from a different former gang member and I'm conflating the two. Because um, I feel like you'd 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 have heard that he I I never. Heard the? St- I, I've never heard that story. I'll be honest, I, like the no, only no. one I know is that then I say a him, him beating a bloke, and uh, the bloke, uh, I say, unfortunately, he survived, I think, but it, it was quite severe, I believe. I could do with a knuckle duster for every time you ask me really hard questions on Trivia Corner. Just (laughs) drive around your house. (laughs) Damn it, (laughs) Key. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, where are we here? Um, Okay, at the apartment, Jerome is there. I've just put, why is Jerome there? And why have they let him in and continued to talk to him? And we've kind of brushed upon this and not Martin does say in the kitchen, who the hell is this guy? What, you know, you don't want to be friends with this kind of person. But I just think it's so weird they've let him in. I just I, yeah, I don't know if there's any more to say on that, but I will say his line about brandy—the traditional spelling—probably the most underrated line of the show. I mean, it gets used twice, so the writers clearly liked it. Um, just hilarious to me. I think it's such a brilliant line. Yeah, um, I just, it's quite a nice scene in the sense, definitely not realizing who he is, and you know, we get another. I'm a bit psychic, a bit and, psychic. Um, you know, good good guess for the osteopath you know yeah. broken bones yeah um I, I do love i love martin's just line of who the hell is this guy like just the way he he has another great line i think at the end of this scene after jerome has made his request mm. uh, and martin is absolutely spot on with his take i will wait till we get there but um and I love that, that Niles is still continuing with the, the gangster. Yeah, what like. does he say now? Um, you you know we should at least talk to, him, you know, get the straight dope. You know, <laughs> also known as the, the skinny. So <laughs> <laughs> like got can it bugsy? No, is that, is that what he calls him? Yeah, he does. Call yeah, him bugsy, bugsy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I just yeah, I mean some some lines here like you know when he's trying to put words into Fraser's mouth, you know you could say something to her like marry him promptly, and then like he does that little laugh which is really (laughs) (laughs) funny. And I also love the fact that um, you know clearly this is a guy who's being badgered by you know he's a criminal, you know I don't know what you called him, but he's a a big he's a big guy in the criminal world. He's a fixer, and and yet he's he's worried about upsetting his mother. Like the way it also upsets my mother. Whose comments on a subject are frequent and vivid. Frequent and vivid. I love that line. <laughs> quite... Vivid doesn't make sense to me, though. In that in, in the cut, it's a really Unless weird word. Vividly Joyce. describing a marriage or something. It's, or, or it's or a really ceremony. odd word choice, but his delivery is funny. Um, but yeah, there are a few moments here where you just think the writers, I don't know, it's it's a funny one. Um, I mean, Martin's line, one more piece of half-assed advice isn't going to kill you. <laughs> I just love. I mean, so Frazier obviously going on. Oh, I don't. I don't feel quite comfortable with this. Mm. And Martin is bang on. Like, oh, he really this is. Is you getting off easy? Just yeah. tell tell her to marry him, and wash your hands of the situation and be done and yeah. be glad that that's it. Basically, he could have like put you in a flatbed with a body and told you to go and dispose of it in Puget Sound. Instead, <laughs> he's saying, "Can you give some therapy to my wife?" You know, it's like, it's ridiculous. It's a no-brainer here. Um, so, yeah, Martin is spot on. Um, at KACL, Brandy calls, the traditional spelling, of course. Um, one of my favourite lines in the episode is from Brandy here. Um, it's not one we've mentioned already. Can you can you guess what it is? Just as a quick... Um... he really kind of like, it really, her accent really comes out in this line. Um, because she, I think she's got like a slightly New Jersey accent as well. Um yeah, she's she's definitely you can I can picture her as a gangster's wife in yeah, head, or she's a gangster's gang- girlfriend. She's definitely got a New Jersey, New York accent, um, which is obviously, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense when you're in the opposite corner of uh i mean people travel people they mean, do can, but i moved mean... there a few years ago and like they've moved over to set up the seattle branch
1: that's of the, so... belasco
0: <laughs> the belasco empire <laughs> um the the line is whoa you got a bus to catch right. <laughs> and fraser's like giving it the bums rush um, I, I love uh after they're talking when they're talking about the sex life um just like i've been vaccinated quicker and fraser's line of That just leaves more time to cuddle. I just love that. Trying to see the bright side. Lobsters, limos, give them my number, I'll marry myself. (laughs) Fraser is amazing at this point. Also, Uh, I feel, though, that obviously Roz has already risked annoying her by calling her Randy. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I I feel that if you knew that she was possibly going to call into the show Mm. and the nature, the context of the advice you're giving... You would have given Roz a little heads up and go. By the way, if a woman called Brandy calls, we're going to tell her to marry Jerome. A, yeah. By the way, I'm going to. Yeah, he would have done. You wouldn't. And Roz would be like, okay, fine. I know Jerome. He's a mentalist. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, she's not. Why? Is, like, she's sitting there going, yeah, you're right. Dump him. I mean, if, if he if you think he's cheating, he probably is. And you're thinking like, you are going to annoy a gangster here. Yeah, don't don't be doing this. It's yeah. It's so it's such a simple simple problem to fix um which fraser just doesn't do um why we we couldn't possibly say but all he needs to do is just open the lines of communication with raz um so we have the vaccinated slower line we have fraser finally adheres to his ethics i've put here um you know he tells her to run run away from this man you kind of expect this i think this is where the episode's always going and Um, it still annoys me yeah, I'm, because... I'm saying that oh, you're an idiot, mate. Yeah, you're an like absolute this, idiot. this, this, these people are so inconsequential to your life once, and, once this call ends. And I gone. also feel that this really typifies the Niles's criticisms of Frazier's show is that he has heard one side of the story. For and he's just about, to get a run away about thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out everything that she said actually, if you put it in context, Jerome is probably doing you know not doing his one. damn best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he so... might be killing people, but he's doing his <laughs> best for his wife. I mean, come on. So, no. it just it really shows the problems with his McSessions. It... Like... <laughs> <laughs> it really do- it really does. Um I've got a coffee carrot now. Um probably was wondering where that was earlier, but I, I there's two Navosa trips obviously. Again, i'll caveat this each week now this will be subject to change as steve muton continues his merry crusade through the uh, the coffees and other dr- other beverages um but i've got four i think fraser and niles both drink twice um obviously jerome drinks but i don't count him in in the count so that brings us to 81 i think um for the for the current total uh my question here is are you a fan of hot milk as Jerome orders one here. Have you ever had it? Do you have it frequently? <laughs> when I was a kid, I once had Would you be willing to try one tonight? Oh, I've, I really want to try Horlicks, you know. I really do. Um, I, think I, I think I'd like I, it. I once tried Horlicks when I was younger, uh, and it, it probably helped me sleep. Um, it's meant to be a really good, I know what's the word, soporific, but I love Maltesers as well, and I know it's basically the innards of a Malteser um, in drink form, so... Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, that, It's the same stuff. Whether it tastes the same, I couldn't vouch. You've drank it, I haven't. But... I mean, I, I drank it over 10 years ago. I don't mm. remember it. Is, is it like an um, acquired taste? Do you remember it being nice?
1: I'm also be being... interested to
0: in know if Americans have Horlicks. I feel like it's a very British thing. It does sound like it, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we have this warm drink and it helps us sleep. Um... Mm, and it's not tea, and it's not coffee, and it's not milk. It's like, God knows. Um, yeah, I... I remember it being okay, but only a drink. It's a drink to do a job rather than a drink mm. like oh, I'm out of colics. I don't <laughs> like I don't. Uh, no, I, I. It's a drink to do a job. Mm. Um, but I've, I'm going to be honest. I've forgotten the wider context of what we're actually discussing here. I just uh, asked you if you've never had a heart milk. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, no, I don't think I have actually. Really, really <laughs> enjoyable. I had one not long ago. Re- recently, I got into them in a big way. Um, aren't you? Aren't you someone who enjoys hot milk on your cereal? Uh, I've had. I like if I'm having like a That's mm. hot milk. It is so enjoyable. Um, and milk. when I was younger, I used it more. I've gone. I've gone towards more towards cold milk the older I get. Right. I'm, to be honest, but you become Weetabix. a cold old man. If you've I, ch- you've changed. But um, I generally, I'm not. I, I'm not someone who would just drink milk. Full stop. Mm. If I had to drink milk, it would probably be warm because I don't like it cold. Um, really, I think I think it'd be quite refreshing sometimes. like if you're hot, it's re—it's got to be really cold. There's something about the look of milk though; I mean, it just doesn't look appetising. And... Yeah, it's the way it leaves like a film on the glass. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. There's a, um, and also well, think... the fact that. We're artificially inseminating cows and milking them for it. Ethically, it's not great. Um, But I drink it, so I'm not getting on a soapbox here. But, you know, it's not great. What what I'll say, though, is that um, I've got... No, I've gotten into but when I have a sore throat, hot lemon. Oh. That's nice. That hits the spot. Like that. Um, I had some lemon tea and, like, jasmine green tea once, which was quite nice. I mean, this is going to make me sound insane. I actively enjoy getting colds because I love sips so much. That is insane. Okay. Lo- Lem sip is just a hot lemon drink full of paracetamol. Why wouldn't you want to drink that? I mean, if it was socially acceptable, I wouldn't destroy my stomach lining. I would drink that every day. Do you know um, what I miss? My Paul. That oh, was lovely as a kid. Oh. Like a little drop of crystalline heaven. Um, <laughs> It was like a little like cosmic purple, Honestly, wasn't it? It was just... It- it, for for non UK listeners who probably don't know what carpal is, basically imagine a mother's love mm. as a drink. Yeah, and that was cowball. Imagine know I'm... every ailment you ever had immediately disappearing with one spoonful. Uh, <laughs> that's cowball. Um, it is—it's mad, really, isn't it? It was like a staple part of all of our childhood. Just like sugar, is it? Is it... I, I think it does have medicine in, but I—I <laughs> I, I reckon it was just probably like fairly strong painkillery stuff for like a child, so it just ends up making you feel a bit woozy. Um, Fraser's pronunciation now of niche did you notice he says niche he I says so, he time, said he said on... so she hasn't found her niche um that I, I don't know if this is blanket pronunciation in america or whether it's regional so listeners uh, who are american do you say niche or do you say niche because in in the uk we say niche um because it's presumably a french word and we're keeping the french pronunciation um we have a lot of French words. Um, I just... Niche really, really rubs me up it the wrong way. It sounds Niche, doesn't it? it oh, just, oh, I've got it, Niche. Just. Yeah, it, it <laughs> sounds like some kind of infection or... There's, I don't there's, know. There's something Where coming, coming the, it. It's, like, it's not nice. Yeah, Niche has got that classic, you know, like Demi Monde. I mean, just the, Like, okay. And then in French, it's Dacor. I mean, come on. There's no... Or, there's, like, um in French, they have cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac. Um, and we have... You have to back out. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> we are in French. No, no turning. <laughs> That's how I am. I do love Jerome's next line. Now It's like, "No, I'm saying she's a dodo. You may love a dodo. You may think the dodo is beautiful. You may even wish to marry the marry dodo, the dodo, but you do not encourage a dodo to fly." <laughs> it's actually really profound in a strange way because it's true. It's, it's it's like you know, um, what what's what, like measuring a fish by its ability to climb a tree or whatever the saying is. You know, it's kind of like. If someone can't do something, you don't measure them by the things they they can't do. You know, yeah. it's it's just a good piece of advice, and I think it's quite profound. And you do get an insight here that Jerome is not all bad, and he clearly loves Miss Brandy. Um, yeah. I feel like that is a very gangstery <laughs> trope. I just for no reason, referring to like a, a, a title and then their first name, Mister right? Mr. <laughs> Mr. William, Mister Kieran. <laughs> I feel, uh, I feel, I feel I suddenly feel like we should be on like the Star Trek Enterprise or something. Exactly. That's just. <laughs> Let's not make a habit of calling each other that. I just got very uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, I love the look that Fraser and Jerome share when they realize Niles is going to have to hire Brandy. Um, It's almost like a little, the tables have turned, they're in cahoots now, and they realize they've got Niles right where they want him, um, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, Do you want to tell us what the post-creds scene was, Kay? Uh, also, just before we get to that, I love. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. I love um, one Jerome saying that he needs a jo- she needs a job where if the place burns down, they will apologize to her for having made it so flam- flammable. Mm. Uh, and I love um, Randy's <laughs> own pronunciation of I think was did she say psychiatrist or well, p- p- per- persec. Psychiatrist or psychiatrist. Psychiatrist or something. Pers- like p-psychiatrist, p-psychiatrist, psychiatrist. 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 Yeah. Um, really good. Right. Really good. God. Um, um, the post credit scene is Niles with. I'm gonna say it, a fairly attractive woman. Oh, who, I think you're fair to say that, my friend. Who has been um stealing their paper. Yeah, what's the deal? Uh, weirdly enough, she's not their next door neighbor, which is you know, she's not getting the elevator. To steal it. Yeah, <laughs> she, she is going a distance. I don't think she even lives in the building. I think this is a woman from two blocks away who's like, you know, like that's the paper I want. Um oh, it would be more impressive if she stole it every morning. Did the crossword puzzle and then put it back again. That yeah, would that be more would, impressive. That would also just be like perverted. I mean, um, so what sick freak would do that? But she drops the paper, Niles very kindly picks it up and gives it to her and then mm. knocks on the door, only to find out that um she's the thief. Mm. All right. It's just, it's no. a fair play. Well, I'm, I'm, I've just yeah. had a real, I don't know how easy it is. If there's like an online website where you can make crosswords, but I've got a massive hankering to make a fraser themed crossword, like a tough one and post it to the, the social. So I might do that today. Um, are you a fan of crosswords? Generally speaking, I am I, a huge I fan, am, but I never finish them. There's always a few I can't get. Yeah. I mean the New York times one's amazing. You can do them online. Like you can get like clues and you can fill it out and stuff, which is always yeah. really useful. Um, but yeah. So you're going to say something that interests- I was going to say fun little facts about the guest callers in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more. Obviously, we've got Brandy. Mm, we've got Brandy. But the person who played Steve is called Randy. Hey, Randy Travis was the voice of Steve. Look at this. Which, we have fun on this podcast. Honestly, this is this is the content you don't get anywhere else, people. <laughs> uh, what's doing? What's happening? Uh, we really do have fun, on we're listening. Thanks for that, Kay, Appreciated that. Um, top ten is this in yours it's not in my top it's a it's a good episode it's fine um i just don't think it has that something special to elevate it to great it's my view i completely agree it's not in mine um but i do enjoy this season three has been pretty rocky um i can't believe kate was in this season that feels like a lifetime ago to me Um, Does also i should say about kate leaving i've now seen casablanca Hey good film. It, it. it is it's good. A good it is good film. It's just yeah. one of those classics that deserves the rep. Yeah. Um, After the 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 heartache of having to sit through citizen Kane Don't get on this again. <laughs> don't do this again. My spirits were suitably <laughs> lifted by watching <laughs> Casablanca. Honestly, I mean, I've not watched this since Kate. I don't have a dog in that form. The, the only thing I don't get about it is the complete apathy they all showed to. Is it Sam, the piano player? Yeah, man. He's like, well, we'll leave the country. And then when she goes off, he's like, well, you know what? I'll leave. Sam, sod Sam. Sam can look <laughs> after himself. I and love I Sam. Good Sam. Sam just showed up for work the next day and everyone had gone. <laughs> no one told him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kenby Berlinkey, what would he make of this episode? And is he in the mob? I think we both know that um Kennedy is is head of the mob. He's, He's, head, a, of the mob. He's head of the mob. Jerome Belasco <laughs> answers to Kennedy Burling. He's head of the like Seattle that. division. Yeah. He personally headhunted Jerome, I think. <laughs> come to Seattle and say, listen, I'm <laughs> no, gonna be starting a base operations here. I need No, you. that's that's not what he said, mate. He turned around he called you up and went, Jerome, we've had some trouble with Larry Law and things <laughs> again. Ha ha ha. I need someone to fix the air conditioner, and you're my man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. All that remains is to play Who's Great Is It Anyway before we jump over to Listen to Mal this week. And I've got one word for you, Ken. I think you're going to get it. Oh, God. Atcha. A- what, sorry? Atcha. Atcha. I can't give you the context that it's used in because you'll get the line immediately. Oh! But I think you're going to get it anyway. Who says atcha? I think I... would I'm, I'm okay, doing... the clue I can give you is obviously it's the you know the slang form of at, it's in like at, right at, back at you at, at you at you. Oh, it's what's... either Niles or Frazier. Mm, what's he gonna and go with, the listeners? I, I feel it's the bit where they've walk, he's gone into KACL and he's like mm. one of them says something and he goes, "Oh, right back at you." Okay. Um, and I feel that it probably fits Niles more in this episode. Like maybe Fraser said something and goes, Niles goes, "Oh, I, um, I I can picture David Hyde Pierce saying the word "atcha." Okay. Um, so I'm going to say Niles in KACL to Fraser with the candlestick. It's Frasier. Oh, but <laughs> that noise. But it's in the exact context you describe. <laughs> he says, I'm in I've been sucked into a vortex of something in despair. And then Fraser's like, Wow, right back at you. That's just as he's finished the show and Nars walks in. So you was spot on with the context. It was 50-50. Very, very close there, Kay. Um, but no cigar. Um, who is your actor pick this week? Right? Oh my god, I've done it again, man. <laughs> ah! Okay, i have gone for Frege. Um, it was <laughs> tough this week. Wow. It was tough this week. Niles has some good lines. We've 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 mentioned quite a few of them. Um Martin had some good lines as well. And, oh, I did kind of want to give it to Jerome. I would have given um, it to Jerome if he was in another episode. Exactly, I was thinking he's not on another episode. I, is he, so. I think he deserves it the most here. Um, so maybe we should really rethink that role. Who knows? But I've gone with Fraser just because the episode is about him and his ethics and, you know, whether or not he does the right thing. And I think his performance when he's on the phone to Brandy in, in the booth is is phenomenal. So I've gone with Fraser. I think you've gone with... Niles. I have gone with Niles. No, I, so I respect that just, just for all of, just the fact that he's living a gangster film basically yeah, and he's, he's doing his him. very best to make this happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a, I, 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 yeah, I think just, I think all it, I think the funniest lines are probably from him generally. Um, I love the, you know, the skinny, uh, straight dope. Um yeah, straight dope. I love it when Niles is trying to be hip, basically. Yeah. Um it's always so, a good like mine to to plumb for for the writers, I think. Um, in terms of just funny gags. So. yeah. Um but yeah, nothing particularly profound about it. That's the that's the reason. That's profound enough for me. Okay. Um, shall we jump over to listen, to Mal? Uh, yeah, let's do it, mate. Raz, who's our next caller? Um, so, thank you everyone that wrote in for listening to Mal this week. Um, we've got quite a few and they are quite lengthy. Um, we've read them all, as always, but we are probably going to do our little number generator uh, random selection, if you don't mind. Um, we are going to, of course, begin though by reading out our quiz master's thoughts. So, Cam Winston says, Lads, Key, you mentioned you have five or six in the top 10 already, and we are only in season three. Slow down, my boy. You're peaking too early, that is never good. <laughs> However, I agree that the latter episodes of Frasier aren't as good as the earlier seasons. He also writes, I have to agree with another listener you have where they only signed up for Reddit just for this podcast. This was and is the only reason I even log in each week. To be fair, before we're listening, was discovered I hadn't even heard of Reddit. Ari, uh, Ray Moondance and how Niles was serious when he was on the dance floor and Daphne thought he was a good actor. Do you think he should have poured his feelings out then? The moment was perfect and it was just the two of them. He was marisless, and she was joless, so the moment was perfect. Reckler, I'm sure, will agree. One piece of advice for the wonderful episode, a word to the wise guy. If you come across a dodo, please don't encourage it to fly. Peace, and as always, up the villa. I do think Niles should have said what he wanted to say then. I get why he didn't, because they wanted to drag this out. That's how sitcoms work. Um, but yeah, when you think we're, it's another four seasons until yeah. he, he, t- he tells Daphne how he reveals, I think it's a, it's a perfect moment to do it. Um, but yeah, there you go. I don't. Okay, um, there you um, go. Yeah. Um, my reasoning is one, um, I think she would have taken a bit of convincing that it wasn't just part of the act, given mm. that to an extent he does pour his feelings out on the dance floor um and he tells her that she's a goddess and he adores her and all this and he gets absolutely nothing in return um really because she thinks it's fake um and i think that's quite an emotional blow i think to pick yourself up and then say that again would be quite difficult i think so uh i think from a show perspective i think had they gotten together at this stage they would have broken up and got back together and broke and they would have become like a a Ross and Rachel or a Sam and Diane, I think it would have become one of those relationships rather than the relationship it, it does go on to become. Mm. Um, so I quite like the fact that it's actually a long running thing, and it's it's sort of subverts the usual will they won't they, where they're constantly getting together and breaking up, getting together breaking up, by having this long build up to them actually getting together, and then the writers really do lean into that, and and you get a bigger payoff I think at the end. Um, and I think the other thing is that I'm not sure if the time is really right in the sense that he, he is separated from Maris, but he's not divorced yet. He's and would would she be cautious of it just being a rebound? Would would she take the view of oh well, you know, this is just a rebound? He, he's he might get back with Maris because I think at this stage as the as the as the viewers, if I was watching this for the first time, I'd probably still be thinking, well, they might get back together. You don't, yeah. Um, so I think that she may have taken that attitude of it potentially just being a rebound and and him hitting on, I don't know, he's like maybe like hitting on the help, if you know what I mean, if that's her perspective, that um, she she maybe thought that he might have been thinking that, you know what I mean? Like, oh, who's the next available woman? I know the person who my brother employed, like that sort of thing, maybe. Mm. I mean, maybe not. Maybe she, I think she probably respects Niles too much to think that, but it would be... I think something that maybe goes through Niles's mind when thinking whether it opens his, his soul to her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's a perfectly good justification. I think it's it's interesting to see which side of the, the fence you fall on, but I'm convinced by that case. So I <laughs> don't, I don't, you've, you've changed my mind. Even as I was, I was saying that, I was like, this is nonsense. What are you on about, mate? Like, <laughs> Definitely respects Niles too much to think that. <laughs> uh, next up, we have uh, MK who says that um, much like Kelsey's directorial debut, this episode of the podcast was world class. Thank uh, you, MK. Thank you, MK. Uh, Trivia and fun bits for a word to the wise guy. The drink Jerome receives when he first meets the brothers magically appears while he's making the phone call. That was spotted mm, by Missy. Didn't know that don't notice that. Uh this he also notes that this is the first time we hear the mention of Navosa being a late night establishment, as Frazier says that it's past midnight. Yeah, there you go. And the end bit with uh Brandy as the receptionist has Frazier returning a call regarding the court time for a tennis match. Now, did they mean squash? Because I don't think the brothers have ever mentioned, have, have ever mentioned or are seen playing or caring about tennis. I'm not yeah, I'm not sure about that. I feel like tennis has been bought up before or will be, but maybe I'm misremembering. What's the Glime when Nas is saying about how his backhand slice could shave the bristles off a kiwi fruit? Surely he's referring to tennis there, because you don't really backhand slice in squash or badminton. Um I I feel like um I feel like. Tennis must have been mentioned at some I think, he, I think Niles is referencing it in that quote, but I don't know. I, I mean, I love all racket sports so much, so this really appeals to me. I'm a huge I feel like your listeners show. can't see you right now, but I feel you're going like full John Motsen and that like, is what, That's it... what it feels like when I hold it. I'm <laughs> like, because it's like the little guard, um, little mic. Um, so I'm going to use the little random number gin uh, to get a few extra listener mouths this week, if people don't mind, um, just to save time on the recording um, and editing, etc. Okay, so there are 12, so I'm just popping into the number generator now. Let's see what we get. Six, which is... blue in the north he puts good episode Will and key the audio quality is great a word to the wise guy the worst thing about this episode to me is Jerome's accent which is a very strong New York New Jersey accent very typical for the image of an Italian American mafia member but this is Seattle how would he have gained this accent from literally the opposite side of the country I can confidently say that nobody here on the west coast of the US has that accent the best thing about this episode to me is is the beginning gag Martin falling asleep on the job of his newspaper thief stakeout thanks guys keep up the good work as always a very good point and it's a huge Huge fan of sopranos um i'm very au fait with the new jersey mobster stereotype now so there you go um okay okay i'm going to generate number nine for you which is one two which i believe is rochambeau um so a great episode gents some thoughts forgive me if you already know this but roz's weird line about butterworld comes from a famous series of Super Bowl ads for disney world That makes sense as to why I. Yeah, so you you mentioned this last week, but obviously we didn't quite put the dots together. Um, That must be where the Simpsons got it from as well. After the Super Bowl episode where he's like, "I'm going to Disney World." I'm going to Disney World. Um, Yeah, the commercials all went something like this in the immediate aftermath of the game. A journalist asks a player from the team that has just won the Super Bowl, "So and so, you've just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next?" And the player always responds, I'm going to Disney World, <laughs> which, yeah, that makes that a lot of sense. That does make me like Ross's line a bit more. Um, I, I like the line in the first place. I feel like I'm more of the outsider here. That's, that's not what it was, but that makes me like it more. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I've always thought that the reason Daphne looking around after the you're such a good actor comment at the ball is because one, she's checking for the reaction of the other guests to their dance And two, if she were looking at Nars' face and saw his shock and devastation, it would be impossible for the audience to believe that she's clueless about his feelings. The fact that she doesn't see his reaction potentially allows us to suspend our disbelief a little longer. Maybe it doesn't quite work as you said. Very good point. Um, I just, I just, yeah, I just think it's obviously she can't look at his reaction, so she has to do something else. But it's just the way it's so pointed. But I wonder if maybe if she did look at him and she saw his reaction and she was like, oh, you know, Doctor Crane or Nars, what, what's wrong? And then he could quickly just make up an excuse. That would be more plausible for me um, than than her kind of like wide-eyed looking around like she's at Disney World kind of thing. Um so yeah. I don't oh, no, know. no, she's not like she's at Butterworld. Oh, she's at Butterworld. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh eight, which is Arkle Goggle Google Goop. For this week's uh thumbs up for this week's episode, guys. Perhaps another reason why this episode rates highly is the quality of its writers. Virtually all of its regular writers at the at the time were credited with this episode. Eight of them. And they all won an Emmy for their efforts too. The producers must really have wanted something special for this episode to have greenlighted this atypical writing arrangement, and it certainly paid off. Excellent choice, Will, for act to pick. This episode had the up-to-this-point rare combination of Daphne being given a substantial bit to do, not having any bizarre-slash-kooky lines, and not having to appear aloof when Naz's interest in her are obvious to everyone else and the writers really played Jane's strengths by letting her showcase her dancing talents. I don't recall any other episode where she got to do so. The iconic image of her hoisting her leg upon Niles' shoulder during the dance immediately comes to mind. Also liked her playful ribbing of Martin for his misplaced confidence in Eddie's intelligence. Um, A little continuity error to end off. Maris, was mentioned, is about to leave for a three-week cruise, but then in the next season, Niles remarked that she never partakes during cruise season as she has an absolute terror of buffets. Um, And of course, the following caesar she was on the voyage of the damned so some good observations there for sure good stuff Okay, uh, key the first comment which i believe is sydney assbasket take it away uh, gentlemen fantastic episode to review and one i thoroughly enjoyed listening to so much in fact i think this episode of your podcast is now in my top 10 mm. will i've always had you down as someone who would take a lady friend dancing on a date and guess i'm mistaken uh, Key, well, you prefer to eat cheese warm, so I understand your fear of public displays of rhythm, much like dear Maris. Um, I really enjoy this episode. Kelsey is a brilliant director. What a debut! Uh, Jane dances so well and performs above and beyond in this one. Will was very right to give her actor of the week. <clears throat> <laughs> I feel like They're thrown I, into the bus there, cheer <laughs> the judgment in this. <laughs> Everyone going, yeah, Will is right. Will is, <laughs> we're not saying Key's right, but we're gonna music be to my ears. <laughs> um, she finally comes alive in the role as definitely in this episode. Thank you so much for the shout out and the rewatch is going well. I'll update Will with stats as we go along. I'm already mid-season two, so I'm gaining on you boys ready for the season three finale and roundup keep up the good work kindest regards sydney Aspasket esquire there you go um yeah i can actually like clarify i can't dance is is what i was maybe trying to say i would love to go dancing with with a with a lady friend with miss brandy um i'd definitely love to do that for a night out but just I, the point is i can't dance at all so what it would look like i don't know but this this whole setup is very appealing to me a nice night out is a uh, it's very good. Would you wanna you you? would well, you talked about it, Kay. Do you wanna go dancing? I can't remember what you said. It, it sounds like you're asking me. Um, <laughs> Will you go to the well, prom with me, Kay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to dance, but cannot dance. Mm-hmm. Is is like this, uh, if I could dance, I probably I think, would. Well, one and the same, I think. Yeah, but I just sort of sway from side to side and feel very self conscious about it. So you preach into the choir here, Kay. Yeah. Um. Right, I think we should probably wrap up there, um, just yeah. because there's there's quite a few um, extra comments, um, and we, we as al- as always we have read them. So please, please do keep sending them, e- sending them in each week. Uh, next week we'll be looking at season three, episode sixteen. Look before you leap, uh, which is when Fraser encourages so people nice. to kind of take take part in various leap year resolutions that variously go wrong um really like this episode to be honest so looking forward to that um but other than that i've been will i've been Kay. and thank you very much for listening to we're listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs oh man and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah, maybe, but I got you, pegs. Ha! 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 But I don't know what to do with those tossed and scrambled eggs.